We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of The Breakdown with former Chiefs quarterback Matt Castle and FanDuel TV's Matt Hamilton. The best analysis on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense that's available for Chiefs Kingdom. This film-based show will educate, entertain, and inform you each week. Don't forget to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything from the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network of 2022. And now, let's go to Matt for the latest episode of The Breakdown. It's time for another edition of The Breakdown. I'm Matt Hamilton. That's Matt Castle. And the Chiefs rebounded in a big way, getting the win over the division rival Broncos. We saw some vintage Mahomes. We saw Mahomes make a few mistakes, too. We're going to dig into all of it. And uh, Matt, we talked about it last week. We thought this game might be a little closer than expected because despite the Broncos record, we know that defense is really good. I don't think anybody expected that game to play out the way it did. It was a high scoring back and forth fun game. We saw the Broncos storm back into it. Um, You know, if you were to tell me it was close and it was like a 20 to 14 game, I I would have been like, okay, I see that. Uh, Were you as surprised as I was to see this thing get so high scoring? I was, and I was shocked even, you know, in the first half because the Kansas City Chiefs, they did a good job of taking advantage. They hit the flat route in that first series, was able to move the ball down the field. Second series, chunk play to Travis Kelsey down the middle. Two field goals right off the bat. I said, hey, this is going the right direction. And then Mahomes' magic shows up. The Jarek McKinnon underhand toss, no look, whatever you want to call it, just magical, and he goes down. So they they jump out to a 27-point lead. I'm saying, should I just turn this game off? Because I had no faith at all in the Broncos being able to, one, get back in that game, but two, be able to score 28 points because, let's be honest, they haven't scored more than 10 points since October. But it was it was fascinating how it all worked out because they capitalized on some turnovers. The Denver Broncos did. Russell Wilson had a good game. Jerry Judy came back, and he made some tremendous plays at three touchdowns. But then it was – you know, then it was on. It was a battle in the second half. The defense for the Denver Broncos kind of settled in. They started to make some stops and it went down to the wire. And at the end of the day, though, the Kansas City Chiefs made enough plays and Patrick Mahomes made enough plays despite some of the turnovers. And that's what you want to see. You know, those division games, you never know what can happen. It's always wild. You're familiar with that opponent. They had a good defense over there, but I, I never envisioned the Denver Broncos being able to put up that many points. Yeah, and it's crazy because it's kind of what we expected the Broncos offense to look like all year. We haven't seen it 
at all. There, I don't think there's been a single game where the Broncos offense has looked that that capable. Uh, but we know that the talent is there. I mean, they have Russell Wilson. They have Jerry Judy. Like you said, he was looking like the guy everybody expected him to turn into this year. Are you concerned about the Chiefs defense out of this? Or do you think it was just, hey, maybe the Broncos, these playmakers, the talent, like they just they just played up to their potential for that game? They did play up to their potential. Russell Wilson made some plays with his legs, but then again, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs stats, right? And if you and that's why sometimes stats can be misleading. But they had six sacks, they had seven tackles for loss, they harassed Russell Wilson all day long, and they created pressure. I thought they were good against the run, but it was when they got down in that fringe red area that they gave up some shots. Jerry Judy beat the one-on-one matchup on the outside on the one; he just runs by him. The second touchdown pass was just a blown coverage. You had combo coverage out there. You had two guys on one. Nobody accounted for Jerry Judy on the corner, so that's just a blown coverage. There's things like that that you definitely have to tighten up. There's a lot of positive in this game for the Kansas City Chiefs defense, but again, you have to be able to step up, particularly in the red zone, as it gets into these December games and as you start to get into playoffs. Do you think it was a matter of um, of maybe losing focus a little bit for the Chiefs? When you get that type of a lead, you get right. the plays like Willie Gay made. You're, it's a feeding frenzy on the quarterback. They just they, they were demolishing Russell early. Do you think it gets to the point where it's like, all right, like we're getting we're getting pick sixes, we're teeing off on the quarterback. Guys start getting a little too aggressive trying to to rack up some stats, make plays um, versus sticking to their responsibilities. Do you think that might have been it? Some of it. I mean, some of the Russell Wilson scrambles and stuff like that, that absolutely is what happened. The aggressiveness of the defensive line, they were getting after him all day long. They lost their integrity in those rush lanes and allowed him to get out and open and run. Some of it is, you know, you hit that lull in the game when you're up 27 nothing against opponent that you think that you should dominate and you are dominating. Sometimes that happens. Then again, there's two short fields on the turnovers, so they didn't have to go that far. And the screen pass was just a beautifully executed play by the Denver Broncos on that one play. They got guys out in front, and then they missed the tackle in the secondary, and he's able to take it to the house call for a 65-yard or whatever it was. So those are plays. If you eliminate the big screen play, then you're talking about two short fields on turnovers that really they scored on, and then one sustained drive in the second half. But uh, I'm not too worried about it. I just know that there's things that you have to do as a defense in, in terms of the red zone where you have to play your best football and you can't let guys like Jerry Judy beat you. And I don't know if going into this game, they really looked at him as this as this huge weapon or threat because he hasn't shown that throughout the course of the year. Some of that's due to injury, but at the same time, he showed up in a big way and showed why Jerry Judy, when healthy, can be an effective player in this league. Absolutely, and and – you just, you know, you hope if you're a Broncos fan that he can he can start putting those types of performances together consistently because the ceiling is so high for him. Uh, but on the offensive side for the Chiefs, it was it was another magical performance out of Patrick Mahomes uh, finding a way to make it work once again with with that rotating cast of characters. What did you make out of what we saw from Patrick? Obviously, there was a lot of good, like we talked about. There were those interceptions. Uh, how would you evaluate this performance from Mahomes? 
You know what? It was interesting because as you watched him through the first quarter and into the second half, he took what they gave you, especially early on the drive. Look, they had a lot of guys in the interior part of the defense. They took those flat routes, but they created chunk routes. They're catching runs. I like the rhythm in which he played with, a lot of quick plays, but also the creativities and those special plays that only Patrick Mahomes can do in the NFL. I mean, it's so unique, and every week it's almost like you're spoiled. You turn on the game and you watch him, and he's a walking top highlight reel right and so it's those but you also because of some of that unorthodox play and because of his ability to make plays sometimes you know I wouldn't say he necessarily was forcing some of the balls. Some of them were just off platform. And sometimes you just got to give great credit to the defense. We talked about this defense leading into this game, that they are a good defense. They give up just over 20 points a game up to this point. And so you knew it was going to be somewhat of a grind, but they got off to a good start. I thought they utilized the screen game well. And then in terms of Patrick Mahomes and the turnovers, look, Jewel made some really good plays at that linebacker position. Every one of them, he's diving, he makes the play. And would you like to have him back? Yes but that is an outlier for Patrick Mahomes. That's not going to happen every week, and we know that. It's just this week they got their hands on some balls and they're able to take advantage of it. Yeah, and, I, and you mentioned it. I think we are kind of spoiled by what we've seen out of Patrick Mahomes. Just, you know, uh, I think between Chiefs fans and just even nationally, it's we've seen so much of this. I, I don't want it to become normalized what he's done and, and what he's doing. <laughs> right. He made a couple of plays that were the, two of the – two of the most creative and incredible throws I've ever seen from a quarterback. So um, I think we need to appreciate those for just how absurd they were and, and just his season as a whole for how, how remarkable it's been. Um, when you look at, we talk about it every week, just with, with all the different playmakers that he's had to, had to play with throughout the course of the season. Um, it does sound like McCole Hardman is, is close to coming back They're They're activating his practice window. He could even play as early as this Sunday. So um, that's exciting news for Chiefs fans, but let's start, let's dig into some of those plays and just, and just truly appreciate them, break them down kind of step-by-step step and appreciate what Mahomes is able to do. Let's oh, you start, you start with a good one here, Hamilton. Oh yeah, we gotta bring we got we gotta come out firing. We gotta bring out bring out the big guns to start. Yeah, so it's third and two, and when you look at this formation, they're in a bunch set. They've got a guy running to the flat right now. You got a spray go, and then you've kind of got that stick or spot route on the inside by Kelsey. So this is truly something that you're trying to get to the sticks or get across the sticks, make a completion. And so when you look at the defensive structure for the Denver Broncos here, they're playing really what we call as three-week, right? They're dropping the safety in week. It's a zone coverage, but you can see that they're very aware about where the sticks are because the Kansas City Chiefs, a lot of times, will get to the sticks or get right around the sticks, and that's where those completions come. But in addition to that, they drop out the backside in. So it's an additional defender on the interior part. So not they went from having four guys to now having five. So they're very aware of what's taking place. The only guy that you could possibly go to is right there on the flat route. It's an original. He, he, I mean, it's the original flat route right there. He's first in your progression. If you feel that guy right now, you got to let that ball go. But everything else is covered here, and they do a really good job, again, of, of defending the sticks. So from here, Patrick doesn't take – take his first read and he sees that we're going to have some trouble. There's a lot of guys. So three man rush, he gets outside the pocket and this is the beautiful part about it. <laughs> Jerry McKinney, a lot of times you'd love him to block that guy, but he's like, you know what? 
Patrick's going to do something special. So he does exactly that. He stiff arms a guy, and it looks like he's not even looking at him and underhands it, and it's a huge play. I mean, it's absolutely remarkable what this guy does, the vision that he has, and his playmaking ability. I mean, this is just – this is ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. You don't even have words to describe plays like this because you can defend – the Kansas City Chiefs offensive game plan, but then you also have to defend Patrick Mahomes and what he's capable of doing, which is so hard to do. Yeah, and that's why it's the perfect marriage of a coaching staff and a a quarterback because there is so much creativity just naturally built into this offense uh, that Andy Reid and Eric Biennemi have created. But then there's all this freelance stuff that you can't possibly prepare for. And and I love that you hit on McKinnon here too because – you know, this play doesn't happen without him because if he doesn't take off, if he doesn't just have that sense, that feel for Mahomes that, okay, he can do something special um, and take off down the sideline like that, this play doesn't happen either. So that's, you know, that's chemistry. That's trust between the two of those guys uh, to make this happen because this is something that just, you know, this is one of those as a coach, this is one of those moments where you're like, Oh, it was exactly how we drew it up. (laughs) Yeah, you don't necessarily love seeing your quarterback just kind of flip that ball out there underhand uh, like that. Uh, But again, with Mahomes, you just got to let him be Mahomes. And uh, good things happen more often than not. So so you just got to have to roll with it. But as impressive as this was and as mind-blowing as it was, this next one might have been even better, honestly, uh, to Juju. Smith-Schuster with the game on the line. This happens to be the touchdown that kind of sealed the Chiefs' victory. Walk us through this one, Matt. Game on the line again. They like that bunch set up top. They got a cut split down below to their single receiver. They're going to run the quick out down here at the at the bottom of the page. But that's a if you like it, you want to take it, then you can. But I don't like that matchup either. That's on Patrick Sertain. He's one of the best corner cornerbacks in the league right now. But this is also a concept that they're very familiar with. You've got the shallow behind that. You've got the corner route, you know, and that's an option always. And then you've got Kelsey selling that flat route and coming back in in the angle. We've shown you a few clips throughout the course of the year where that is one of their one of their foundational pieces in terms of their red zone concepts that they like to run. When you look at the Denver Broncos, they're playing once again post-high zone defense. And when you look at it, the weak safety rotates down. They're going to bring the will linebacker. But what they do here is they exchange responsibilities. So they bring that will linebacker, but it's not truly a blitz because the front side defensive end up top near the bunch, he's going to drop into coverage to give them more presence at the goal line. So when you see that, it's pretty muddy, right? It's clouded. There's not a lot of people to go to. I can understand why Patrick is sitting there. He might have an uh, might have an opportunity to put it on Kelsey right now, but there's a lot of guys there. And then it's him improvising in the pocket. He looks one way. He spins around, gets out of a sack here, avoids his own guard. And then the most incredible part about this, we talk about his skill set, his creativity, his ability to make throws and all that, but it's also his toughness in which he plays with. This is an exceptionally hard play to sit in there, know that you're going to get blasted, still deliver the ball accurately in a big-time play, and make a play for your team when you needed it. Bam. And he did. He he got crunched. And uh, I love, too, you're seeing this. We, we've kind of followed this storyline throughout the year, too, just how he's developed chemistry with Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, because it wasn't there that quite this way early in the year. Juju got off to a slow start with him. Um, but mm-hmm. you're seeing it now, I think, um, on this play, just the feel that Juju has. You'll see him 
It's a shallow cross. If you just track him throughout this play, the way he's able to kind of keep his eyes on Mahomes, he works inside, then pops back outside, and Mahomes trusts him. He knows he's finding that open space and and fires that ball back there. So we've seen this develop now, and I think there's a special connection brewing between these two guys. I do too. And you know, the play is never over with Patrick Mahomes and those guys understand it. And Juju understands it. And now that they're on the same page, I mean, you can see everybody working to get open because of his ability to get himself out his escape ability to continue to extend a play. And so, you know, that as a wide receiver, you have your primary route that you're going to run. But as soon as you start to see Mahomes start to move around, Hey, guess what? Now it's time to make that and make that adjustment. I got to find a way to get open and because of his incredible processing ability and vision, he's usually able to find those guys. And while there was so much good and the Chiefs got the win and Mahomes was fantastic, there were those three interceptions like we mentioned. I think we we got to at least take a look at one of them here um and kind of see what was going on w- with Patrick and with this offense. Um so Matt, what did you see here? Yeah, you're in a two by two set here. And really, when you look up top, you're going to have two hitches. So that's a take it if you like it. If they're off coverage, you really like the look, you can get take that ball off the snap and rip it in there to either the outside or the inside guy. Now, I don't blame them for not throwing the inside guy because you've got that um, backer in there, that middle linebacker sitting there. But when you look at the structure of the defense, I think this is a man coverage right here. You can tell there's press coverage down low. But the interesting part about the defensive structure, you'll see the Sam linebacker is going to walk out. He's responsible for the running back, but it through film study, through good coaching, they probably recognize the tendency because he moves out just to make sure that he doesn't get picked because they know that they like to free release those backs and create picks. And th- those are a lot of times those big plays that you see Jarrett McKinnon get out. He's running a seam right here, but they do a good job with coverage. Safety's rotating down to take Kelsey. And then as you see it, Patrick Mahomes decides not to take one of the hitches up top. Instead, he's going to work down here to his three-man combination with the spot, the free release back, and then Kelsey, I believe, is trying to run an in-cut because that's the common route here. You've got a spot and then in behind it, you're trying to work that in-cut. And when you see it from this, you see the funnel player. I call him a funnel player because he's the guy that's there. He's looking for action. And Kelsey's trying to be a football player here. He knows that he can't run the in-cut. So he's trying to just settle in this hole. He's a guy that understands defenses, understands how to get open, but Patrick just tries to lead him a little too much, and the backer's able to make a tremendous diving catch and get the interception. Yeah, and I I think if Mahomes Mahomes is able to put that on, on Kelsey's back hip, I think there is a window there. Or if Kelsey, maybe if Kelsey keeps going, he can hit that second window. I don't know. I, th- I feel like Jewel does a great job. He has kind of both things covered. The only shot he has is if he goes to Kelsey's back hip. And I don't know if he didn't see Jewel or he just he saw him too late and was trying to he was trying to get it on that back hip at Kelsey and just misfired. But um, but yeah, you do have to give credit to the defense here. It's it's a well designed coverage. Um, as you, as you pointed out, is a unique coverage, um, one that you don't see too often, uh, trying to account for all the rubs and crosses that the, uh, that the Chiefs like to, to work with. But, um, yeah, sometimes you just got to tip your hat to the defense. I, I agree with you. I don't see anything from these interceptions that was super concerning from Mahomes. I think the, the Broncos just – they got him a couple times and, and made some excellent plays. Yeah, I mean, every interception I've ever thrown in my career – it was really a good read and usually a good throw, but they got lucky. You know, that's what I always go on. 
I mean, that's what I always go with, right? I mean, come on. And and no, at the end of the day, yeah, sometimes these guys are going to make plays, and they made a few tremendous plays in this game. Every one of those interceptions were one that you could possibly look at and say, man, do we got to review this? Because they get their hands on the ball, but it's not one of those where he's hitting them in the chest or it's a complete mental error. I think he's going to the right place with the ball. It's just a little less out in front, put it on – put it on the backside of Kelsey and it works out. So those plays are going to happen. But the big part of this game is just when he, they needed him to step up in big moments and make those big plays. It was because of Patrick Mahomes that ultimately they won this game. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas city. KC sports network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. And they did, and they moved to 10-3. and three. They're still in that two seed because the Bills were able to beat the Jets. So that race for the one seed is going to come down to the wire. I still like the Chiefs odds when when you look at the schedules like we went into last week. Uh, but they have a, another one this weekend against a team that's really been struggling uh, in the Houston Texans. The Texans did. They almost pulled one off over the Cowboys. They it did. A, it took a late goal line stand followed by a 98-yard drive for the Cowboys to escape with that win. So uh, do you think – do you think it's almost good in a way that that that's on tape? Like the Chiefs kind of see like, hey, this team is still fighting. They're still scrapping. We can't take them lightly. Or do you think, you know, maybe maybe it is a little bit of a trap game? Well, after last week, you, you know, that was kind of the wake up call, too, right? Because it was a team that you've beat 13 times. I know it's within the division. I understand that. But it's also you get out to a 27 point lead and you're like, there's no way. But that's also a wake up call to everybody that, look, the, the game's not over until that final whistle blows. And so this is another great example about that, because if you turn on the film and you watch the Houston Texans from last week, they didn't look like a one 11 and one team. Right. This is a team that still has fight. They still go out there, and and a lot of people always speculate, hey, when you get to this point in the season, you know the season's over, which they do. There's no possible way in which they make the playoffs. 
but they go out and take it to the wire against the Dallas Cowboys. Look, people in the NFL, NFL players, most of these guys, they have a tremendous amount of pride in what they do. And they want to go out and they want to win, even though the season's not gone as well as it has. So they, you can never take anybody for light. Uh, I mean, you can never take anybody lightly. But when you look at the Houston Texans, the big thing that you're looking at in this game also is their key component on the offensive side of the ball, running back Damian Pierce. He'll be out this week is from what is being said with the ankle injury. That really hurts this offense because they rely on him and he is a good runner. He's a physical runner. And I know that they've got some depth at that position, but that'll be make a big difference in this game. I thought David Mills, you know, when you watch that game against Dallas, played his best ball game. And then Jeff Driscoll, the way in which they were able to come in here and kind of supplement him, he created some plays through a touchdown pass. And then they're opportunistic. You know, when you look at Dallas and how that game played out, you're like, well, they had a muff punt that set them up on a short field. They had a, an interception off the deflection that set them up for another touchdown. And so they made some plays, Houston did, but at the end of the day, they weren't able to get it in on fourth and one. And that was the difference because they should have won that game. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, I think you look at it and it's it, it really took almost a miracle for the Cowboys to pull that one off. And uh, you're right. I, I love the two quarterback system with uh, the way they use Davis Mills and Driscoll brought in Driscoll to add kind of that uh, zone read read option element to right. the offense. Um, it was it was cool and it, and it worked. It was effective. But you're right. Without Damian Pearson there, it's going to be tough. They were already down their top two receivers as well. Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins were out last week. We'll see if they if they take the field again this weekend. But it was cool, too, to see opportunities for guys for the Texans that are trying to make a name for themselves. We saw Amari Rogers get outcast right. in Green Bay um, for not being able to make things work or not really being able to click with Roger, with Aaron Rodgers, and uh, he scores his his first career touchdown. First career touchdown, which is yeah. pretty crazy to think about, right? You're in Green Bay <laughs> yeah. all those years, and then all of a sudden your first career touchdown happens when you're not on Green Bay? I mean, it's just – it's pretty crazy yeah. to look at that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you're right. So this is a team that has these guys that are fighting for their futures right now. So it's not something you can take lightly. Obviously, we expect the Chiefs to win this game and and probably win it handedly. Um, you know, but there is a lot of motivation there from the Texans, and you know, Mahomes also might have uh, might have added a little motivation for the Texans because I don't know if you caught. Uh, do you remember when he was on with the Kelsey brothers a few weeks ago, and he was mm -hmm. talking about how he kind of. Uh, he kind of engineered his way into Kansas City. He told the Chiefs, "Hey, if you're going to trade up for me, make sure you get ahead of 12." Well, right. he didn't. He didn't say it, but if you if you go back to that draft, the team that was sitting at 12 was the Houston Texans, uh, and they end up taking Deshaun Watson, obviously there. So, um, you know, if I'm a Texans fan, I may feel some type of way about that. <laughs> hey, let's be honest. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, the fact that he did that and he had the foresight, are you kidding me? Can you imagine if you're at the Houston Texans versus the Kansas City Chief, who has been the perfect marriage for him throughout his career? But he, uh, he already knew. He's like, look, please, dear God. Just get up in front of 12 and get me, you know, it, it's just yeah. the way it's worked out and the way in which he spoke about it was pretty remarkable. Yeah, and doing that too, knowing that that means you're probably going to be sitting for a year versus a place in Houston where it was like it, Tom Savage was the returning starter and you knew you were going to have a great chance to play. Like he he had the foresight to realize, hey, maybe sitting for a year is a good thing for me, um, especially with that coaching staff and getting to learn behind a guy like Alex Smith. 
Right. You know what? So much of the time it's got to be a system fit. And he recognized through talking to Matt Nagy and Coach Reed and all those guys. I heard the story that Nagy really liked him a lot and went and helped him in the interview process because he knew he was coming to the facility and he stayed up all night and he studied the plays and they were able to figure out when he went into the Andy Reed and he started to interview him and go through some concepts and plays, he's like, wow, this guy is on it. Not knowing that he was given the material prior to, but at the same time, success in this league, you, you have to be in the right system fit with the right coaching staff. And it was just the perfect player for the perfect system. And, and so it's, it's been fun to watch his growth, but at the same time, like you said, understanding, Hey, I might have to sit behind Alex Smith and he's a, a professional as a guy that probably he respected, but at the end of the day, he had enough confidence in his own abilities that once it was his time to take over, that's the reason why they drafted him and he was going to get an opportunity sooner or later. Yeah. And it's, uh, it, it is awesome to look back. It was great to hear that story. You know, some of those stories and stuff we haven't really gotten to hear out of Patrick before. Um, right. And obviously the the way that everything has worked out, it's just, uh, it gives you the chills a little bit to hear some of those stories and knowing how everything, how everything panned out. But, uh, but yeah, well, uh, I think at this point in the season too, I mean, we've seen some great efforts out of certain players. I know Joe Burrow's coming on strong, but Patrick has to be the MVP right now, right? Heading into this final month. I mean, I would say that it's either him or Jalen Hurts, the way in which Jalen Hurts has played this year. I mean, yes, you can absolutely make a case for Joe Burrow, but the consistency in which Jalen Hurts has played, the ability to improve that passing game, he hasn't just improved. I mean, it's been remarkable to see the strides that he's made from year one to year two, the deep ball. And I know he's got weapons around him, but also when he when they're not throwing the ball, his contributions in the run game and he's been outstanding. It's just, they're also a team that's got the best record in the NFL as well. So I'd say right now it's Mahomes, it's Jalen hurts. Jalen hurts might not have those remarkable, flashy, magical plays that we see with Patrick Mahomes, but at the same time, his consistency factor through a consistency factor throughout the entire season definitely puts him in the discussion. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and, and the progress that we've seen, you can tell, I mean, really when you look at Jalen Hurts and you go back to even just from his freshman year at Alabama, where he was very much in the spotlight uh, leading that team to a national championship, but you looked at him and you're like this, I don't know if this guy's really an NFL prospect. He's, he's erratic as a passer and the way he developed mm -hmm. throughout his college career. Um, and so far the way he's developed in such a short period of time in the NFL, you go back to last season, you go his, his final game of last season, that playoff loss to the Buccaneers, they could, the Bucs left the door open for them to get back in that game. And he couldn't, he couldn't hit anybody. He really struggled. And you could tell he went to work this off season and really refined his craft. And yes, AJ Brown helps out a lot, but you're right. It's not, it, you can't just look at this like, Oh, they got AJ Brown. That's why he's doing so well. No, he uh, he's come a long way. And you look at throws, the confidence he's throwing the football with that fourth and seven last week against oh. the giants that really broke that game open. You can't throw a better ball than that. And to have the, <laughs> to have the guts to make that throw in that situation. I just, right. that's what I'm talking it. about. Yeah, I mean, and that's why when you sit there and you say it's a for sure thing, maybe, you know, throughout the course of the year, I would say mo most of the time, absolutely, Patrick Mahomes 
is is the MVP of this league for so many different reasons because of the different personnel that he's dealt with this year, because of how he makes this team better, how he makes this team go. This offense is nowhere close to being the same, you know, scary offense that they are to the opponents without Patrick Mahomes. But then again, when I looked at Jalen Hurts and it just continue, he continues to get better. And that's that's also another part of it as well. And his ability to stand in there and deliver under pressure, the accuracy in which he's doing. And again, like I said, his ability to be a runner and a true runner and make yards and make those tough yards just puts him absolutely in the conversation with those two guys right now. And it's going to be an interesting race to watch here down the stretch. The Chiefs going for the one seed and also Mahomes gunning for that second MVP. Um it's it's going to be fun. It's been it's been a fun year. It's going to be even more fun here as things get decided over this last month. So, Matt, great job today. Everybody, thank you, you too, for tuning brother. in. Appreciate you, man. Uh, we'll be back back here with you next week. Break everything down from that game against the Texans and keep looking forward. Keep hitting all those big storylines. Everything Chiefs. So uh, appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll see you again next week. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.